Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. I'm here with Carrick Stevens. What's up? Just our first, like, <laughs> addition to the series. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So big. I didn't even know if that came up in the camera. Oh, well. <laughs> so you were born in Boulder? In... Boulder, Colorado. Yeah. Yep. Grew up in like Broomfield, Denver area. Were you already interested in music at a young age? or? Um, yeah, I was also always just like, you know, a consumer of music. Just the guy who found the music before anyone else found artists. Just mm -hmm. constantly dug for music. Um, but really never got into it deeply until, I mean, until I was like 22 years old. Yeah. Until I moved out to LA. And were your parents really into music or where did that interest come from? No, they were definitely into music. They weren't into the fact that I was going to try to work in music. Definitely not into that. Are they in an academic field then or what do they do? Um, my dad was a biochem person, um, but they always just pushed us to be engineers and yeah. developers and that's why I studied computer science and computer engineering. Mm -hmm. Did you play like instruments or were you just not like a musician at all? No, I wasn't a musician at all. Do you remember what was like the first record you bought or? First record, well the first CD that I bought, I guess I didn't bought it, my dad gave it to me, it was mm -hmm. Bare Naked Ladies and I literally listened to it on my CD player every <laughs> single day at school. There's a song, Chimpanzee, that I literally played probably thousands and thousands of times. <laughs> What other, like, musicians were you listening to at that point? Um, I guess that was when I first just started listening to, like, punk rock, and um, I did a lot of, like, Creed and old bands like Chicago, Cheap Trick. Um, yeah, just classic. Queen. Queen was huge mm -hmm. for me. And your brother was also showing you a lot of stuff. Like, were you, yeah, like, kind yeah. of feeding off each other? No, 100%. He was in a, like, back then he was a bit into, like, darker stuff, like Under Oath and mm -hmm. those type of bands. And what else were you, like, interested in at that point? At what age? Like, I guess high school or, like, were you always, like, into no, math no, no, no. and I was stuff? No, I was, like, so back then that was when I discovered, like, you know, online blogs where I could download music for free and I thought it was so cool doing it was like, you know, this song is sick, and then mm -hmm, my brother actually started this <laughs> Moombaton uh, blog site called Moombroton. I don't know <laughs> if you remember that at all. Um, but yeah, that was out of Boulder, and all those those sites were blown up, mm -hmm. and there was like, this song is sick stickers like all over the streets, and it was super cool, cool atmosphere to be in. Yeah. Like those artists like Mac Miller, Kid Cudi, those were like huge for me. Definitely changed my life mm -hmm. listening to those artists. Were you finding stuff on YouTube or not yet? Was there even a scene, like a music scene on YouTube? At Not that really. Point? There wasn't really a YouTube scene other than like covers. Obviously, like those blew up 10, 12, 15 years ago, even on YouTube. But other than that, there, there wasn't like the blog space, like Majestic Casual, Trap Nation, Proximity really wasn't a thing. Suicide Sheep. Mm -hmm. But yeah. And then you went to college for engineering. Did you like it or? Yeah, I mean, I loved it. I just. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it in in you know for a couple years and you know, obviously it's not what I end up doing and, and what I loved but so you're always it, good at like math science that type of thing yeah for sure it was just what I was good at rather than what I love to do it's just 
but I'm super grateful for it. It taught me how to think at a higher level and, you know, be as efficient as possible, even if it is within mm -hmm. music. If it wasn't for your parents, do you think you would have studied something like music related, like, or marketing or? Definitely like marketing or something within business, but, you know, I, I'm grateful that I studied engineering just because when I do spend my time studying marketing and social media and whatever else, like I'm just that much more efficient at, yeah. at, at doing that. And your brother started the collective, right? Yeah, he started Hegemon with yeah. AIA and was with them for multiple, multiple years. Was that during the time you were at college? Yeah, that was when I was in college. And the year, yeah, he actually, so he, my brother actually started working with Andre, uh, who founded Trap Nation, The Nations. Um, he was running Rap Nation, which is one of the, the ancillary channels under The Nations. Mm -hmm. And um, already, like, did you already know about that scene a lot before that? Like, did your brother teach you a lot? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, it wasn't something I was completely sold on or interested in being in. So at that time, like, I was learning as much as I really wanted to. Um, wasn't digging in 100%, like, obviously, <laughs> I am at this point. Mm -hmm. But it was, you know, it was always cool to learn about. Like, I always wondered how artists built their careers and how they made a living for, like, so many people, not just themselves. So once once I started digging into that and learning how I could affect, positively affect artists' lives and the people around them, that's really when I got super addicted to it. Mm -hmm. How did you go from what you used to listen to before to more electronic stuff? Um, well, I mean, honest to be honest with you, like, at the end of the day, like, I'd rather sit at home and listen to, like, indie music and, <laughs> and uh, you know, alternative rock and, you know, a ton of other genres, hip-hop, whatever else. But, I mean, I love electronic music. I love how it's progressed over the years. I love how producers are that much more talented now, and you can tell within the production. Um, but, I don't know. I, 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 I still love, like, sitting down and finding some producer who is changing the sound and, you know, doing something that other producers you know, didn't know how to do up to that point. Mm -hmm. Then, so after you graduated college, you, did you like move out here immediately or? Um, I think it was three months. I took three months after that summer, kind of figured out what I wanted to do. Got a job out here with um, doing software engineering. Was doing that for a couple months while living with uh, my brother and Andre. And at that time, Andre was just like, dude, quit. You don't love it come work for me you didn't like it no I mean it's something it's it's cool because there's always a learning curve and you can always be doing something better so it wasn't like it was boring but it's it's not like music music is like you're constantly learning there's no there's no comfortable com being comfortable in music is not you're always on edge you're always learning you're always like you can always be doing something better and that's that's something I really love about it mm -hmm. I was living with Andre oh okay um, I had met him probably six months before in Denver um, and we went out one night and got really really drunk um, so that was actually my initial like meeting with Andre which is kind of hilarious and then um, from there yeah I just originally came on to do marketing and social media for the company and now you know two years later progressed into into doing digital creative uh, A&R for the mm -hmm. label.
Did you, was it difficult, like, getting into marketing? Like, did you know much about it back then? You know, I was always just like a bystander, kind of trying to figure out why people were blowing up on social media, why influencers were getting as much, having as much clout as they did, and doing, like, now I was always jealous of people, like, traveling cool places and working with awesome creative people, and that was just something I always aspired to do. So I was like, all right, how do I do that? At a very high level and then I just you know figured it out mm -hmm. I'm always just the person who if I can't figure something out I'm on YouTube I'm on Google I'm on whatever else trying to figure out how the hell to do it mm-hmm what type of artists were you work working with when you first joined when I first joined it was a lot of like the it was a lot of um, I mean EDM centered Artist who was like, you know, BK, I don't know if you know who BK is, he has the um, the remix on Trap Nation of Ed Sheeran, Shape of You. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of like the OG artists like Price and Takis and obviously I'm very familiar with like Alenium and William Black and Said the Sky and those guys are amazing. Um, but yeah, a lot, of, a lot of the artists who were kind of being featured on Trap Nation constantly. Mm -hmm. Early on, what kind of like marketing activations did you do to grow? Uh, well, when I first, I guess, started, I think I actually looked at this in a journal a bit ago, but like, I think all the social medias, like Trap Nation's Instagram had like 40,000 followers or something like that, and it now has like 580,000 followers. Um, but I was just doing, you know, working with influencers, working with other YouTubers, um, doing more like, you know, promotion between brands and viral marketing whether it was a meme which we try to stay away from just for brand clarity um, but yeah a lot of just influencer marketing was it a competitive space back then or did you feel like you had a lot of opportunity to grow in different ways definitely had opportunity to grow it was I mean can't can't give enough credit to what Andre did early on and just whether it was being the first in every suggested videos on, on YouTube, to um, just owning SEO on Google, to anything and everything. So, I mean, he set it up to a point where we didn't really have to do the bulk of the work because he had already came in and done the dirty work and, and got the channel to the point where it was um, able to grow organically at oh, a high level. Yeah. How big was it, like, when you were joining on? I think it was three and a half or four million subscribers mm -hmm. and now it's at 19 million yeah how how big was the team back then compared to now <laughs> three people yeah. it was literally just uh, me my brother and Andre uh, and then we brought on you know however many more we have like I think we have a team of well sorry not true um, that was the people working in LA we have curators in New York London um, and also LA now Mm -hmm. So, yeah, but now I think we have a total of like 14, 14 employees. How do you decide like what part of the team that you want to grow and like hire people? Um, I mean, a lot of it falls on we hired this amazingly talented dude named Creighton, um, Creighton Burke, who was formerly at AEG and Live Nation, and he does a lot of like the global strategy for us and kind of dictates how we grow on the back end of things and then creatively and music side of things it's kind of just 
you know, wherever we expand and are lucky enough to to have growth on, we just, you know, hire people accordingly. How's it been with like the quite rapid changes in electronic music? Do you feel like you have to, I don't know, just like keep keep up with the trends or do you try to like stay focused on like brand? It's, it's not just about brand, it's about like artist integrity and original music and, you know, I don't care, at the, at the end of every day, like, you're not going to hear a song that wasn't referenced by another song or an artist who doesn't reference, you know, somebody else's production. So it's, it's 2018, you know, there's almost everything has been done and they're just basically reinventing at this point. Mm -hmm. What's your take on copyright laws? Because I asked the same thing about, like, to Mike about Monster Cat. Mm -hmm. Did you do an interview with Mike? Yeah. Great guy. <laughs> it's an ever-changing thing like luckily now we've positioned our hey, no, don't need that. positioned ourselves in a way where you know we we have direct relations with a lot of people so it's you know copyright can be a bit easier for mm -hmm. us on the front of um, getting the right music up and getting clearance for remixes and whatever else like it's it's always a struggling game though at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. How do you think your role has changed over time? Um, I guess it's just changed with however the company is changing, whether we're more YouTube um, YouTube revenue based to um, you know developing out our labels, which Lowly Palace, Lowly Lowly House. We also have Trap Nation label. Um, it's just, it's all just dependent on, obviously, what's what's producing the most and how we can benefit the company. But the, uh, I guess my overall role has just been more versed in creative and and kind of building that out for the company rather than focusing on just the marketing and the, in my opinion, like the drier stuff. Mm -hmm. What was the decision to like have so many different labels? Uh, well, technically, Lowly is the, the overarching brand for the label, so the ones not beneath, next to it, are uh, Lowly, Lowly Palace, Lowly House, and those are just subcategories, not necessarily different tiers or priority. We just like to have separate brands for each, so when people cease, whether it's a, an artwork or whether it's a um, hear a song, they know which ancillary label that it's kind of coinciding mm -hmm. with. Actually, I was talking with Mike about the whole, a lot of artists want to be like, I have no genre. Has that been difficult They have you? no what? No like, genre? Yeah. But like, they don't want to be labeled. But then also previously with like Monster Cut, they've had like certain labels. Or even YouTube, they wrote like the genre that it was. Yeah. I mean, it's so hard nowadays because, you know, even even like bedroom pop and indie and left of center mm -hmm. and anti-pop and all this stuff is huge and it's like you don't have a genre but I want to be this um, I, don't, I don't think there's really a struggle I think if you're creating new genres like it's just improving the music industry mm -hmm. overall have you ever gotten backlash from artists that don't want to be categorized categorized genre yeah um, not really because I, th I think as a label and as a company we, we do a good job of not categorizing artists in general, just whether it's on the channels, 
because uh, I mean all of our channels are curated on like a non-genre basis where we really upload just amazing music and it's not specific to genres yeah we have a, a brand that's a name but it's it's definitely not categorizing because when people think of trap nation chill nation um, rap nation whatever else it's it's not the name it's it's the music that falls under it yeah Actually, with that, is the team like split out into those categories, or how do you like divide people's time? Um, I mean, it's definitely divided whether it's time being consumed by rendering videos, um, which you can see when you go back to the office. Um, but it's the time allocated is really based on just what pe the people love to do, like. You know, we're not going to push someone to do something that they don't love to do, whether it's listen to, to a genre they don't love or, um, you know, curating music and signing music that they don't love. Mm -hmm. So it's really just based on that. How do you decide which events you want to put on? Because you did, like, South By and EDC. Yeah, and uh, ADE. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just dependent on what's right for the brand and the correct partners. And you know, there's a lot that goes into it. Whether or not, whether artists have um, the artists who we want to play are, are around during that time period or um, or willing to play, um, so a lot of factors. Mm -hmm. How does <laughs> how does your uh, marketing campaigns change over time since the early events you put on to the ones compared to now? Um, well, early on, you know, we were just brand partners within events like. The one we did with South by and EDC, those weren't really dependent on tickets we sold. Mm -hmm. So the marketing campaigns are like heavily dictated by, okay, do we have to sell tickets? All right, how many? What to what audience? Um, so it just changes with with location, with number of tickets sold, with the partners we have on board, and what reach they have. So what would be like your average day? Like, what do you do morning, afternoon? Um, it's average day. It's definitely literally well first I walk this guy <laughs> um, and then I literally just sit on the computer for probably probably from like 6.30 or 7 a.m. to like 9 p.m. Um, listening to music rendering videos um, kind of just getting all my busy work sorted mm -hmm. so I don't have to work worry about it later in the day when I want to be a bit more creative mm -hmm. um, and then once you know people start rolling through the office it's it's more so working one-on-one -on -one with, you know, whether it be Matt who does uh, uh, marketing for us or um, whether it's curator, Sammy, Rap Nation. Um, it's just kind of just built out more upon working creatively. Um, and then it'll vary throughout the day, what, whatever has to be done. It's nothing is ever the same. Mm -hmm. What kind of advice? you have for people who want to get into a position like yours? Get lucky. <laughs> Work hard. Um, literally just be studious. Want to learn. Uh, it's it's literally curiosity. I mean, if you stop being curious and stop wanting to learn whatever whatever you're doing, like you're, you're screwed. Mm -hmm. um, and you want it worse than the person next to you. You want it worse than anyone else. You want to help the people next to you more than anyone else. It's that's all it is. Mm -hmm. Intelligence to me isn't something that's inherited. It's something that you learn 100%. How about skill set wise? Do you look for someone who studied it or? Definitely not. I, I could give a shit less if someone studied music or 
business or obviously if someone studied law or we needed something in a certain mm -hmm. um, specialty, obviously that helps. But music and A&R and creative in general, is, it's not something you go to school for. And I mean, it is, but it's not something that it, you necessarily need. I'll, I don't give a shit, I'll hire a high school dropout. Once you saw, had this office, like, was it like since the beginning that you had people stay over or? Yeah, that was, I mean, that was one of the, the bigger things that, that we wanted to, to do for artists. And, you know, there's always those houses like Sour Patch House. And um, I think it's actually changed names now, but that's like, that is so cool to me. Like having a place where artists can not only stay for free, but like feel comfortable in and work creatively and have people coming through there every single day that also work creatively and, and are willing to work with other people, not just for their project, but for someone else's. Mm -hmm. How do you decide which artists that you want to come over? Honestly, it's it's just based on on relationships, really, and, and if people reach out and are very genuine about like needing a place to stay or uh, needing a place, like, you know, so for instance, someone's playing Coachella and they need a place to stay between weeks, like, sure, awesome. I've literally had at one point probably, like, 13 people. Yeah, I was going to ask, those are maximum. It's, oh I mean, there is no maximum, really. If someone really needs a place to stay and, you know, they can come through and, and work and if they're working and not just, like, you know, hanging out, being lazy, doing drugs, whatever else, like, cool, mm -hmm. do what you want. What's your vision for trap and all the other ones like in the next five to ten years <sighs> five to ten years of music industry that's a long time it's a lot of a lot of stress a lot of <laughs> You're already getting stressed um, yeah out. i'm literally i'm getting anxiety <laughs> from this question um i mean the youtube channels themselves it's the vision is to create an, an everlasting brand um not just in the music created but the live space stuff the the curation itself um working with artists, um, kind of just being known as the the channels and the content being produced that's like, I don't know, more, more artist-centered than anything else. What do you think of the new focus on music for YouTube, like the recent news? You mean uh, them building out like a music platform yeah. rather than just YouTube? Does that affect you? It, I mean, it definitely affects us. Um, whether it's positive or negative, we'll we'll find out you know it's I think that they're trying to go in a more artist-centered direction which is amazing because that's our goal at the end of the day anyways um, will it affect subscriber growth and channel interactivity I don't know I hope I hope it benefits us how do you think you've grown as a person since when you started I've definitely been able to to cope with stress learn from stress um, kind of dissolve any and every piece of me that had like ego-centered state of mind um, it's really like being in music is super humbling like like I said it's sorry. it's uh, it's very volatile um, it's changing 24-7 you constantly have to be thinking and and be pushing forward so I've just become um, a lot more in tune with with how other people feel and obviously that comes with being in any creative industry but uh, just understanding that anyone's actions are affecting everyone else's around you and it's just it's cool you grow a lot as a person working in music mm -hmm.
What would you say have been the biggest challenges for the channel? Maneuvering not just YouTube, but other platforms, whether it's Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, um, any other platform, like translating the channel and, and the brand to to everywhere else and not just YouTube, as well as trying to maintain the brand and, and the interactivity, whether it's making sure people's comments are being responded to or um, just uploading the right remixes and creating the right music to stay relevant. It's it's ever-changing, you know, it's, we're competing with amazing people and amazing brands like Proximity and Suicide Sheep and Koala Control and um, all these other awesome ch channels, so it's, it's competition. Mm -hmm. How do you feel like you stand out from the other channels? I mean, at the end of the day, it's literally just uploading music every single day, and it's good music. Um, we already established the brand and the relevancy, so it's... That's pretty easy from there. Mm -hmm. What would you say personally have been your biggest challenges? Probably transitioning from having a semi-stable lifestyle, I guess. Not even stable, but mm -hmm. working in music, like I said, there's no steady work hours. There's no, I literally wake up and probably work 14 to 17 hours like every single day. I'm never not working. Um, and if you want to, I mean, not to say I'm successful in music, but mm -hmm. if you want to be at the top in music, you, that's what you have to do. And, and another thing also at the same time is taking time to yourself. Um, that's huge. I, I definitely didn't do that for the first year I was in L.A. From the minute I woke up to the minute I went to bed, I was thinking about work, talking about work, doing work, going to events, everything. I, so I think that's definitely my, my biggest personal schedule. <laughs> What does success look like for the channel? I think it's everything, a little bit of everything. Um, obviously we want to provide enough money to, to give people jobs and give them a, a steady lifestyle and give them the opportunity to grow in music and with other artists. And uh, at the same time, like to me, when I look back over the last two, three years, like the most valuable thing to me is the relationships I've made and how much I've grown. So. It's giving the opportunity to other people to do the same exact thing. Mm -hmm. I think you might have answered it, but what does success look like to you? To me? Mm -hmm. To change the lives of the artists I work around, every single one. All my focus projects, all the people that I invest my time into, um, for them to succeed. And for them to be able to provide for their families and their friends and whoever else they care about. Yeah, I like that. Last question, what do you want to be remembered for? If someone spends a ton of time with me, if someone has a conversation with me, it's just like they're a better person and, and smarter person after that and um, kind of position themselves in a, in a better way after that. It's like, I think, and like so many people say this and it's a contradiction, but just being a friend to everyone and really taking the time to actually sit down and and think about things rather than you know, always saying do, 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 and never actually sitting down and, and asking how an artist is and how their life is. And, you know, I think it's, someone told me this like a while back, actually Ray Polanco, shout out Ray, mm -hmm. um, who oversaw Nice Kicks, the Instagram page, uh, and now doing his own thing. But it's just like, whenever you decide to text someone, whenever you decide to call someone, don't fire at them like, hey, I need this, I need that. Uh, how can we do this? It's like, first question should be, how are you? What are you doing? Like, how can I help? Um, 
it's more about that person first because you never know what go someone's going through at that time. Um, you know, they could have had a <laughs> a loss in the family or mm -hmm. um, some personal stuff going on that you weren't aware about and their response could dictate like how they're feeling that day, so. Yeah, I love that. Thank you so much, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs>